Welcome to Money's a Mitch podcast. I'm Mitch Newman, and I am determined to provide you with the best of the best state-of-the-heart tools and techniques to support you in redefining, reframing, and reigniting. That's a lot of re's. That flame inside of you that will propel you to your next levels of success. Together, we're going to explore and do a deep dive into really all aspects of conscious leadership and what it really takes to lead oneself and others at this higher level of consciousness with the intention and the outcome of creating maximum impact and contribution in all areas of your life. We will laugh, most definitely cry, the good cry, of course, hopefully, and without a doubt, discover the magic that exists inside of each and every one of you. So, if you're not afraid of the unknown, let's get to it. Well, hello there, and welcome back. My name is Mitch Newman, and you have found your way, perhaps by accident, hopefully with great intention, to my podcast, Mondays and Mitch, where we explore what it means to lead oneself at a higher level of consciousness, a higher level of presence, of um, a state in which we can see the whole person ourselves, starting with ourselves, and then subsequently as we then deal with other people and how we then model that self-leadership and can, if we want to, and it's a choice, how we translate that into leading other people. So one of the things that I've been thinking about is this idea of what makes a leader attractive. Is it his or her hair? <laughs> Is it the clothes that they wear? No, no, none of this. I mean, I mean, it helps if you're seeing them in person. <laughs> they at least are presentable, right? But what is it that makes a leader attractive? What is it that draws us to someone and says, I want that? Sometimes we don't even know what that is. Sometimes it's just a sense we get, an energy we get of being around somebody, of listening to somebody, of watching somebody, whether it's on stage or on a video, could be through even an audiobook. We just hear somebody's voice and we go, I don't know what that is, but I want that. Right? So I kind of knocked it down into kind of these three ideas and frameworks that really resonate strongly for me. And I want to share them here and see how they ultimately relate to you. And so this would be the opportunity to provide feedback to me as it relates to when you can apply feedback. Because feedback is helpful to me. <laughs> so. I'd appreciate it. So what is it that makes a leader attractive? So these are the three things that I came up with that just really sit well with me, and they all build off of each other, and there's layers and depths to all three of them. But it's a framework, and I think it's a solid framework. And the first thing is joy. The idea that, that we as leaders... And I do believe, and you've heard me say this time and time again, and I'll keep saying it, I believe everybody is a leader. And it starts with how they lead themselves and whether or not they're most effective as a leader in leading themselves or there's room for improvement. But the idea that we actually get out of bed every day, 
and somewhat function, or hopefully more than function, means we're leading ourselves. But joy, to me, is that quality. It's not something that we get from external sources. It's something that self-generates. It's something that's within. It's this inherent joy that we have and that we experience as it relates to simply being alive. Simply being in a place where we can impact other people. And love on other people. And it's that joy for life that is, in fact, this energy. It's a very high-frequency energy, this joy. And when people see it or they experience it or they're around it, they may not go, gosh, look at the joy in that person. But they're going, God, the energy. The way they approach life, the way they deal with things, the way they respond versus react to the challenges that come up during the course. I want that. I want that. So it's really grasping this this joy for life, this joy for living in the moment, the joy for being present, the joy for seeing the divine in others. Why? Because you've learned how to see the divine in you. So you approach everything from a place of joy. You understand that things are unfolding as they're unfolding, that sometimes they don't appear to be pleasant or necessarily instill immediate great feelings inside of you, but you're able to transform and transmute them into something more powerful, knowing that those feelings, that feeling of joy, is going to relate to whether or not it triggers old subconscious beliefs and old subconscious thoughts. So when we're focused on the joy, we can feel the sadness, we can feel the upset, we can feel the disappointment, and then we can transform that into joy. Find the gratitude and the gratefulness contained within the challenge or the upset. The understanding that, oh, right, I'm not in control. Oh, right, I can't take control over this. Oh, right, it's not my responsibility to do so. but my responsibility becomes delivering joy. Why and how? By being joy. By feeling that experience. And that frequency is so high. That vibration is so high. That energy is so intense and so powerful that it leads to this second component, which I reference as courage. The courage to then take action in the world Courage is emotion in motion. I'm exercising my courage by having this conversation, by making this phone call, by walking up to somebody that I don't know, by being that sense and that presence that in the past I might have avoided. Having the courage to be more fully me. Why? Because I'm in my joy. And when I'm in my joy, I'm not locked into old beliefs and old stories and old belief systems that that somehow define me as anything less than I am. And when I feel that joy, when I experience that joy, all of a sudden I connect to that courage. I connect to that courage that I'm willing to risk, that I'm willing to put it out there, that I'm willing to have conversations, that I'm willing to make phone calls, that I'm willing to see myself no better or no worse than anyone else. And no longer less than, 
no longer unwilling to pick up the phone, no longer unwilling to make the approach. Because I now see that. I see that experience. I see the divine in in myself, and now I see it in others. And I know that they're going through their challenges like all of us go through. I always say, you always hear me say this, nobody escapes stuff. We all have stuff. It's what we do with the stuff. Is it the is it the fuel and the fire that defines us and holds us back and burns everything down that we touch? Or is it the fuel and the fire that propels us forward? So that joy, that energy taps into and aligns with that inherent courage that exists inside each and every one of us. That we're no longer living in fear. We're no longer operating 99% of the day in fight or flight. We have the courage to take that energy and use it for good, use it for better, use it to inspire, use it to manifest, to create a better world. See, we can't wait. As leaders, we can't wait around for someone else to lead. We've got to go. We've got things to do. And here's the third component. It's relatability. It's relatability. Can another person relate to your experience? Can you relate to another person's experience? This idea that that relatability becomes the catalyst, really the catalyst that then inspires other people to do one of two things, either to follow along with you, to co-lead with you, to join with you, or they found something else that they want to lead. They found someplace else where they can make an impact. They found someplace else that they want to collaborate and contribute at the highest levels. And the only reason they were able to then finally take that component and make that thing happen is because you were authentic. The person you were on the stage is the person that stepped off the stage. That the person they, they watch on a video or on a Zoom is the same person when they meet him and they meet him or they talk to them private. It's the same person. And there's empathy there. There's an empathy. Like, I understand because of my own situation. I understand what you're going through. Here's a similar story that's happened to me. Here's how I ultimately handled it. Here's how I stepped up and dealt with this situation. Perhaps you can see something in that for you. See, the relatability works both ways. It's it's not only about allowing people to be able to relate to you and see you as real so that they want to then get what you have, become a part of what you have created, whether it's with you, alongside of you, or or something else. But it's the idea that, that, that they understand that the stories that created their situations and their circumstances are simply that, stories. They're simply stories. And they suddenly can relate to themselves in a way they've never been able to do so before. And as a result of that, once we are able to see ourselves more clearly, see the divine in ourselves, then we can then see that in others. So that we approach conflict 
with a with an excitement, with a joy. We approach conflict with the courage because we see what's really playing out. The willingness to step into someone else's fire knowing nobody's going to get burned. To be able to see beyond the story and the drama and the conflict to what's possible, what's looking to be birthed, what's looking to be enabled in such a way that there's greatness there. And we can see that because we've learned to see that within ourselves. We know that it's possible because we first, we are our first test case. (laughs) So as we experience that joy, that energy, and see the, the ways in which we can uplift ourselves and ultimately other people by by not allowing ourselves to, to, to wander down into the muck and stay there, to be able to feel whatever we're feeling that might not be stellar feelings of sadness or frustration or anger, but to then release it. I heard somebody say the other day that, that outrage is still rage. <laughs> That's not peacefulness. So the idea is to be able to feel the anger, feel the frustration, and then transform that into joy. To transform that into that level of happiness that exists inside regardless of what the universe, what the world around us, what our environment is necessarily reflecting back to us at any time. Because we feel it first inside. We understand that it, it, it belongs to us, each and every one of us. It belongs to us. And the only thing the external world can do if we give it permission to is to take it away. And it doesn't belong to the external world. So that joy, that energy leads to the courage to then lead yourself to do great things. That high level frequency of of emotion puts you in motion to go do great things. And now people are watching you and they're going, I don't know what it is about him. I don't know what it is about her, but there's something. I can't quite put my finger on it, but I want that. I want to be a part of that. I want to join that, whatever that may be. We don't know what it's going to be for someone else. The responsibility is, how am I leading myself? Trust those that are interested in joining me will join me. Trust those that are interested in in following along alongside of me will do so. And trust those who will be inspired by something I say, something I do, something that you go through that you experience where somebody says, you know what? That person, because of what they've been through, because I can now relate to them, and see what they've been able to do, I realize that exists inside of me. And now I'm going to go take that joy, and I'm going to take that courage, and I'm going to take that relatability, that authenticity that is so important to feel, to experience, and to deliver on, and I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that. I'm going to go do something completely different. It doesn't matter. See, we want people in the world, not just ourselves. We want others to be inspired to go live their best life. When they live their best life, we all live our best life. 
there's a million people doing a million things. There's, there's the gardener, there's, you know, there's the, the person who works in the, in the corporate office. There's, there are people doing a million different things around the world. And what would it be like if they were leading themselves with that joy and that, and that courage to, to make bigger, bolder choices and to create that, that energy and that relatability and that authenticity wherever they go, that, that energy just to being around them inspires you, inspires all of us. So a leader might not always wear the best clothes. They might not shower twice a day like I sometimes do. (laughs) What makes them attractive is the joy and the courage and the relatability that they bring to their lives and to the lives of others. I'm Mitch Newman. We'll see you again next time. Hey, so if you like this episode, make sure to subscribe to this podcast so, you know, we can hang out every Monday. You can also follow me on Instagram at Life's a Mitch. And if you feel so inspired, make sure to tag me in your stories. I really appreciate hearing from people who are listening in. So if you have any ideas, any feedback, any questions, don't be shy. Please send them along. Who knows? Something you share or suggest may spark a future episode. So until next week, remember, Life's a Mitch and then you thrive. 